Happy Sunday and welcome to Sunday service, September 5th, 2021. Bro, can you freaking believe it's September? Dude, it's insane. I was thinking about that today. I'm like, man, like we only have a couple more months for 2021 and we're already going to be in 2022. The time just continues to fly by year by year, honestly. Crazy, 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 crazy. And, you know, I think about couple of things. One, it was interesting. You and I had about a 45 minute conversation today about buying real estate, you know, strategizing and realizing we only have September, October, November. And really, that's really it. Because the reality is half of December is eaten up mm -hmm. and title companies don't really come to bat, right? They're all slow. Sellers are slow, non-reactive. Mm-hmm everything's different in December. And we've talked about this in the past where you almost want to turn your business off from like December 5th until 15th until like November, uh, January 5th so that you don't have to worry about that real big slowdown. But that's one thing is how we only have three months. The other thing I think about is like, think about all these people that are trying to get into this business and how life goes so fast, right? You and I have been partners for a number of years now. Well, we've been, we're, We've been partners over two years now, but it seems like two weeks ago, right? It moves so, everything moves so fast and all the people we've hired and all the people we've let go and all the people we've promoted and all the people who have, you know, changed job titles because we realize who they are. And it's like, you really have to have a lot of time to let your business breathe and figure out what you want to do and where you want to invest and all that kind of stuff. Like there's no time to waste. Time goes by way too stinking fast. Yeah, 100%. To get to make the most yeah. of it in all areas of life. Yes, absolutely. I, and honestly, that's one of the things I was thinking about today of like, what is a perfect week for me? Let's say that you put a billion dollars in my pocket, right? Because I don't think I'm at my full financial goal for my whole legacy. Like, yes, you and I have assets. Yes, we have good you know, income producing businesses, all that kind of stuff. But like, are my grandchildren's grandchildren going to look at me and go, dude, grandpa pace really put the work in. I don't think I'm at that number yet. So let's say you throw a billion dollars in my pocket and I, I go, money is not the issue. Legacy is not the issue. I'm going to leave something amazing for my children's children's children, all that kind of stuff. What would be my perfect week? You know, what would be my perfect week? And I'm so busy, like thinking about working and creating and doing all these things that I really haven't stopped to think about that. And um, I read, I'm reading right now, um, Tony Robbins' uh, book, the one that's like 28 hours of audio. And he talked about how the statistic says that the more you make money, the more you want to just go create more and do more and all that kind of stuff. Like, the creators and the doers of the world will always be creators and doers, right? And then I started thinking about all these cool things that you and I have on the horizon and all these fun things that you, me, and Matt are going to build and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, got to get the work done. Got to get the work done because it's everything moves so fast. Guys, we are in the – are we in the final quarter yet? We're not quite in the final quarter. We got one more month. Yep. This is the third quarter ends at the end of September. Freaking crazy. Final quarter. So anyway, um, guys, we're going to do general Q&A today. So whatever questions you guys have, I see a couple of questions in the side chat. We're going to talk about those. 
Cody and I are going to go. He's going to do a question. I'll do a question. Cody will do a question. I'll do a question. We'll just do Q&A today. And I want you guys to throw them up in the chat. Let's go through and answer your guys' questions, see what kind of um, value we can provide. And then as a community here on Sunday Service, we will determine what next week's schedule is going to look like. Okay? Um, so Cody and I were talking about how we've made enough money this year that we actually have a problem. Like, mo money, mo problems, huh, dude? Yeah. I mean, fr so Friday... I'm having a call, which this is the amazing thing about as you start building your businesses up is you get to bring on amazing talent to help you, you know, continue to be more and more successful. And so on Friday, I'm on a, a two hour call with our CFO, Michael, our bookkeeper, Tony, and then our CPA, Dustin. And we're going through each business, each entity, going through different questions and things. And at the end of that call, Dustin, our CPA says, well, it's like it's a good problem, but it's still a problem. But you guys are going to have a pretty significant tax bill if you don't go and buy, you know, four four more million dollars worth of real estate um, this year. So pretty much gave us that homework. And he's like, I don't know, you know, I think you guys are just going to get stuck with paying it. And so that immediately put me in this mode of I'm not paying it. We're going to figure it out. And we're I, I you know, I put together a spreadsheet. I'm like, we can allocate these properties that we're going to flip. We're going to turn those into rentals now and all of these different things. And I just know just because of, you know, who we are and, and when we set our minds to something, we're going to, you know, we'll make it happen. We still got a couple of months left and uh, to get that taken care of. But I mean, that, that's one thing that I'm so grateful for just with in the real estate industry is we can do that because you and I both have a lot of friends in other industries that are high earners and they get wrecked on taxes, like absolutely wrecked, like paying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. And they don't have any, any opportunities at write-offs really, really significant ones anyway. Yeah. It's, um, you and I have a cheat code, bro. We, yeah, it is. We're it in literally the best is. industry. Cheat code. <laughs> best industry. We're in the best position. We, um, man, we're just blessed. I, I can't imagine trying to even have anybody else's life. Like we've really, truly created the perfect lives for ourselves. You know, what a fun little thing. And it all started at McDonald's, <laughs> you know? Um, so guys, we've got a ton of great questions in here. Um, so REI, Riel Cal says, can't you depreciate the properties, Cody? Yes, you can. That's that's what we're that's what we're talking about doing is, you know, taking these properties that we were maybe going to flip and doing, you know, a little bit of the burst strategy to turn those just into regular rentals and then using depreciation for for write offs. And then what are we doing, Pace? Like, what is that strategy that we're utilizing to be able to get more depreciation write off? So there's five ways to get uh, tax benefits from rental income or rental properties or owning a property. Cause it could be your second property you get uh, tax benefits on as well. And those are straight line depreciation. And we did a whole Sunday service on this all about depreciation and tax benefits. So we won't deep dive on it now. I'll, I'll push you guys to go back to the YouTube channel and go watch that. Just type in Sunday service depreciation or Sunday service tax benefits. And there's five ways to get 
amazing tax benefits. And we use the, the third one, which is bonus depreciation, which allows us to take five to seven years of the depreciation all up front, which is amazing. And right now, Cody and I are working on some cost segregation on either an Apex or uh, something similar, depending on what we end up getting on, under contract. We're now at a point where we're turning down properties because it just doesn't fit what we're looking for from a, a tax advantage, right? Like, we're, we're yes, we obviously are always looking for cash flow, but guys, we're t I'm telling you, I tell the sub two students this all the time. Like, there's buyers out there just like you and I, Cody, that are buying strictly for the tax purposes, strictly for the tax purposes, and everything else is a bonus. It's like, oh, mortgage pay down, oh, um, appreciation. Oh, cash flow, great. Those are all amazing. But you know what? I just don't want to write a check to Uncle Sam at the end of the year for four hundred thousand freaking dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. And I personally believe, I mean, this is going to come across a little bit critical, but I personally believe that real estate investors that are not buying rental properties to offset their um, income from like wholesaling or fix and flipping or what have you are you might as well just cut your profitability in half because at the end of the year you're going to pay half your money in taxes whereas cody what was your total tax bill last year zero i pay i, I mean, think i paid 11 yeah. grand because i yeah, paid myself I, yeah i forgot i did i paid myself a small w2 so i did pay a little bit on that but yeah so both you and i on our corporate sides we paid zero corporate tax whatsoever none of our llc's paid any tax which is awesome but we do pay ourselves a little bit of money. I paid myself, I think, 35 grand last year, mm -hmm. um, which is such a joke, but it's like the smallest amount I could pay myself personally. Um, but you know, all the millions of dollars that we made in our businesses, it's like, you don't pay any tax on that, but I paid, I think, eight or $10,000 on the $35,000 I made. So think about that. Somebody who made $35,000 would have paid 10,000 of their 35 to the government 30% of it. Whereas the millions of dollars got paid, got paid nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. So guys, if you're not using depreciation and you're not using tax benefits, you're missing literally 80% of this real estate game. I know we talk a lot about wholesaling and getting into the game and depreciation can be a, you know, a scary word because when have you used depreciation at the dinner table or when you're at, on a first date with a girl, you ask, what's your favorite depreciation strategy? No, these are not normal conversations that come up. And so these are not normal terminology. And so people get a little bit fearful of them. But yes, we do. Absolutely do use them. Um, uh, Alex, I got a property in West Palm Beach, 990, a perfect tax write-off property. I love it. Um, that's really, really cool. Guys, right, by the way, you'll see Christina, Solara, and a handful of other students in here. Um, we've got well over 200 people watching tonight. It'll probably creep over probably close to 350 to 400 live viewers tonight between a couple of YouTube channels. My, uh, the sub two students and uh, Cody and my mastermind students are unbelievably helpful. So if you guys are new to the business and you need some help, don't hesitate to reach out to the students. Okay. Look in the side chat. You'll see the students um, putting their names in there, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So let me get a good question for you. Um, okay. Well, um, so Lynn, Ooh, Lynn Monet, she's a great student. She's amazing. Um, on the phone. She's awesome. 
She says, I'm worried about taxes as well. I can't qualify for tax law needs to change. I'm going to tell you guys something really interesting. Cody and I do not ever follow the, what the Biden administration is doing. We don't follow what anybody is doing in the government unless it pertains to changing the tax benefits of real estate. We don't care about politics. We don't care about what's going on at all. I, I, in fact, you and I never talk about this, do we? No. Like we never sit down and talk about what is Biden doing or what's Trump doing or what's this person doing? Let's base our strategy on what these guys are doing. Never have we done that, guys. We, we base our strategy on the tax law entirely because those are things that we can control or those are the things we can understand and work ourselves around. I can't work around some president's Twitter account. I can't work around, you know, some president's inability to, to speak coherently. We can't do any of that. So at the end of the day, we only focus on what tax strategies are already written in the IRS code. And the best way to do that is through rental properties, guys. Buy rental properties, utilizing creative finance is the fastest way to do it. I mean, you and I were talking about an eightplex, by the way today. And I'm going to, oh, guys, I want everybody to write this down. This is an interesting thing. Every time I bring this up, people don't understand it. Cody finds this eightplex in a place that most people wouldn't think that Cody found this eightplex. Okay. Let's take guesses in the side chat, everybody. I want you to guess where Cody found this deal. You won't, you won't guess it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you will. But people just don't understand this is where you can find a lot of good creative finance deals. It's an eightplex in one of the hottest cities in Arizona, Tempe, Arizona. It's an eightplex on seller finance. Where did we find that deal, guys? Let's let's see if anybody's got some guesses. Ooh, dang it. Somebody got it. Freddie H. You got it. MLS. MLS, Cody, how many, if you did a search right now on the MLS for seller carryback, seller finance, any of that kind of stuff on the MLS, are you going to find a handful of properties? Oh, they're not a handful, hundreds. There's hundreds. Guys, it listen to this. doesn't mean they're great terms, but it, they're there. Well, that's there. up to you to negotiate, right? Right, like, exactly. But at least you know they're open. They've already raised their hand and said, I don't care about your credit. I don't care about your worthiness. I care more about the down payment and whatever else. So we get people that DM Cody and I all the time and say, how do I get my first seller finance or creative finance deal? And it's like, for what? Is it for rental? Are you trying to build a direct-to-seller model like Cody and I have? Direct to seller for those of you guys that don't know means that we're direct. We're going directly to the seller, whether it's door knocking, we're texting them, we're calling them, we're directly communicating with the sellers of houses in distress. So you could go distress uh, or to the zero to hero rei.com to like learn how to go direct to seller. That's zero to hero rei.com. Or you could go to the MLS if you're, but these people are like, I'm not looking for my rental property. I need to find a house for myself and I can't qualify for a loan. Then go to the MLS. How, how quickly could you pull a search up, Cody? I already pulled it up. There's 120 um, that came up. Show on me, MLS. A, give me a screenshot or like show me a screen share of just like show people what the MLS looks like that have, they've heard the word MLS, but they have no idea what that means. One sec here. Can you see my screen? I can now. It's loading right now. There it is. Boom. <clears throat> Amazing. So you've got a list of let's let's make 120. A hundred and twenty properties on seller finance. 
Guys, 120 properties right now available on seller finance. People just do not understand this. Bunch of them, bunch of them. So if you're looking for a deal and you, you like, we're looking at an eightplex right now that Cody found on the MLS. Now, Cody, how do we indicate that in my opinion, sellers typically on the MLS are, you know, they're willing to go to a realtor and they're willing to go through the pain and agony of dealing with a realtor, nothing against realtors, but you guys make things a little bit more challenging. Um, so how do we know this particular eightplex seller actually has some pain? I mean, it's, it's really just having the conversation with the agent. I reached out to the agent today, um, but I just hadn't heard back yet. I mean, well, how, how, like maybe days on market, maybe, you know, how yeah, length I mean, of ownership. that one's been on the market for like 600 days. So, okay, either so you're telling me, you're telling me somebody has an eightplex on MLS right now in the hottest real estate market of like the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. And they've had an eightplex willing to sell and seller carry. Willing to not even like who cares about your credit history? You want to get into multifamily? People are always saying, I want to get into multifamily. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this guy five thousand dollars so I can syndicate with his fund. Go do that. Have fun with that. How about you just go to the MLS and buy a freaking eightplex on seller finance? They've completely overlooked these. It's eight units of two bed, one bath. It'll cash flow like crazy. And it's been on the market 600 days. Insane. How long did it take you to find that? I mean, I was just submitting some docs for a couple of refinances. And while I was like waiting for this thing to upload, I went on the MLS. I'm like, let me just see what's on the MLS for seller finances. And I just mm. scrolled through. So a couple minutes. So while everybody else, including me, are watching YouTube videos and like, entertaining ourselves. Cody's over there looking at properties on seller finance on the MLS. That's like his side hobby. It wasn't even like an intentional thing. He's just naturally doing it, right? How interesting would that be that you guys just get so used to, you know, comping and looking at deals that you just run into these types of things just naturally while you're catching up with emails and paperwork. That's freaking dope. So guys, don't, don't sleep on that stuff. Okay. Um, how do I own a title company and a VA company like y'all? Mm. That's a very specific question. <laughs> That's a very specific question. Um, I'll answer that one really quick. Here's how you do it. You do a lot of deals. Step one, do a lot of deals. Step two, get kicked in the crotch a lot of times. And then step three, gain credibility by helping other people get deals as well. Um, step four, um, hire VAs, learn through trial tribulation of what works, what doesn't work for years. And then finally accumulate enough money that you could start a VA company with a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's the answer. I mean, this is why people don't talk about it. It's really challenging. It's really hard. We had, um, we have a friend that just started a virtual assistant business a couple of weeks ago. He called me up. They're like five months into the business. He's like, man, we're refunding all of our customers, their money back. We can't seem to make everybody happy. Um, our VAs are not, I'm like, has nothing to do with your VAs, has nothing to do with your customers, has to do with, you don't know what you're doing. Like it's hard. Business is hard. It's meant to be hard. It weeds out the, it weeds out the knucklehead. So that's an interesting question. Um, MJ Wade, but I do appreciate it. I mean, um, the okay, thing so is too that I'd say on that as well is that like 
you you start a core business and you build off of your core business you know it's like you don't you don't just go start something that doesn't really make sense like you got to have something that's kind of your foundation as well mm. Cody, this is a loaded question. What would you do with 37 acres at 145,000? Do you deal with reconstructions? I mean, my first question would be, where is that 37 acres? And then my second question would be reconstruction. Wouldn't it just be construction if it's land or is it tearing down property and then rebuilding it? Um, and then I saw there's another question about buying land in Georgia. I mean, it, we're not really what buying if, land right now. I just yeah. DM'd a lot of people. Um, if you guys want to, if you guys want to um, do land deals, let me give you a very specific answer for land, and let, and we're gonna put a, a fork in the land conversation for the night because I'm seeing a lot of land stuff. Um, reach out to sub two students. Okay, we have multiple uh, people in our mentorship in sub two, Matt Rogers being one of them that specialize in land. Okay, they specialize in land nationwide. Reach out to my sub two students and deal with land with them. Co here's the challenge, okay? Cody and I have enough opportunity. Cody, Matt, and I have enough opportunity that development and construction, um, you know, past a very basic remodel of a fix and flip, they're not interesting to us because they slow our process down for the business model that we have chosen. Very simple. Let me say that one more time. If you give us a development, Okay. Like for example, I've got a 50 home development up North that I've been dealing with for almost as long as Cody's met me. And it's a, I, my profitability on that thing is going to be a million dollars. Okay. Personally. And it's a deal Cody's not involved in It's a deal I was working before. Um, not before, but kind of the same time him and I were starting to link up. That's been two years of the slowest agony permits and contractors. And yes, it's profitable and yes, it's fun, but it's nowhere near the speed of just doing a really quick fix and flip, right? T write this down, everybody. Velocity of money. Velocity of money. We are at a phase in our business right now where we want quicker hits, right? We want a lot more base hits. We want a lot more second base hits. We're not looking for home runs every single time. And so I see people that go buy 37 acres and they're like, we're going to do this massive development. I'm like, that wow. is a different league. That's a different league of people that you can assemble people together like Matt Rogers and other people that will go develop that land like um, Ken Van Lu and other people. Guys, go reach out to my sub two students and say, hey, will you partner with me on this land? I want to have nothing to do with land. Cody wants to have nothing to do with land right now. Right now. Usually it's yeah. the first quarter or the second quarter of the year that we'll look at land. But towards the end of the year, the only thing we're looking at is bigger purchases like buildings, bu <laughs> buildings, things that we can utilize right away and we can cash flow. We're not interested in putting money, time, resources, um, Cody's brain power into figuring out what are we going to do with this property and deal with the city. Because by the time we can get one acre developed, Cody and I could have probably done a dozen fix and flipped and, and made five hundred to $600,000 with an automated system. I mean, Cody, how often do you, Matt, or myself go to any of the fix and flips? It's only to do YouTube videos. That's it. So the only, we, we go to our fix and flips for YouTube videos to help you guys understand what the process is. Meanwhile, we're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a month on fix and flips. So 
it's an automated process. We have employees, we have people in place. We're not interested in developing land. Does it mean there's not a ton of money in it? No, it means go find somebody that likes that stuff. Um, it's not our forte. In fact, it slows us down. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I think, you know, it's also like good, better, best. Like, yeah, is that a good opportunity? This is a better one. What's the best opportunity? That's what we always have to be looking at. And people can get distracted. It's like, oh, one day I could, you know, it's like, why don't we buy a Little Caesars franchise? Oh, why don't we buy this, you know, weird commercial building and redevelop it? And it's like, you got to get momentum and you, it's hard to get momentum if you're changing what you're doing all the time. Yeah. So Jonathan Newsom says, would you guys be interested in a 30 unit single family rental portfolio in Virginia Beach? So um, probably yes, 100%. But here's the thing, like um, I had the great, bro, I had the greatest call, you know, that uh, $10 million portfolio that I'm negotiating yeah. the last couple of days. I was like, is this the same guy? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's a different, it's a different guy. That guy has 120 tenants, phenomenal call, 45 minute call. Uh, it's like such high level creative finance conversation with this seller today that I'm just, I'm so ecstatic. Guys, if you want access to the recording, I, it's a 45 minute recording. I'm going to share it with all my sub two students today in the face or tonight in the Facebook group hit up a sub two student, squad up with one of them and they'll share that specific recording with you so you can see. But what's interesting is that the person who brought it to me was like, you're not going to overcome this seller's objections. He's very smart. He's very savvy. Um, and I overcame all of his objections. And at the end, the seller goes, wow, like it's going to be the great, it's going to be such a great recording for people to watch. Cause the seller like, no, 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 no. 35 minutes of straight no's. And then it's 10 minutes of, wow, I like that idea. Wow, I like that idea. Wow, I like the, I say all of this because we don't have time right now to negotiate with your sellers. If you have a deal that your sellers are like, I'm ready to go, here's my down payment or amount that I want, here's this, here's that, and they're ready to sell in seller finance, we will jump on it. But if it's like, will you call my sellers? Guys, we don't have time to like do follow-up and stuff for your sellers. We got our own deals we're working on. It's not that we won't do it. It's just that we're really targeted on acquiring another four, maybe $5 million before the end of the year. Closed, closed deal by the end of the year. I don't want to be under contract by November or contract by October. And Cody, why is that? Why do we need to have all of them closed, not under contract, but closed before the end of the year? They have to be closed so we can use them as write-offs for the year of 2021. We can't if they close in 2022, it, it, yeah, that helps us for next year's taxes, but we have a certain number that we need to hit this year. So basically our year ends November 30th. That's the end of our year because most of those deals that we contract in December, maybe a couple could slide through, but most are not going to close until January. Mm. Love it. Brian Cataline says probably won't buy in California, right? Maybe an Airbnb. Only an Airbnb, only an Airbnb, not multifamily, not hotels, not, nothing that the government can come in and mess around with us. Your guys' so government. So probably just not even California. Yeah, probably not. If it's, a, if it's an Airbnb, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, Lynn, Lynn Monet says, what advice would you, do you have for if you wholesale or flip income but can't qualify as a real estate professional? You're talking about the tax advantages of um, being a real estate professional. 
Um, I'm curious if you are wholesaling and you are fixing and flipping, why would you not be able to qualify as a real estate professional? Lynn? I think you have to do like, you have to be 700 hours of your year has to be able to be recorded working as a real estate professional to get those uh, as write-offs as far as. Right. But you have to, you have to consider this you could technically, the way I read, I've read the code, you could technically do one fix and flip and spend all the other hours in educating yourself, talking to sellers, working on your business. And you could do one fix and flip and that 700 hours can be applied for that one fix and flip. Like we're not talking specifically, you have to do all 700 hours inside of just that, that fix and flip, right? It's the entire business as a whole. Like, are you educating yourself? Are you joining mentorships? Are you paying for things? Are you spending time on YouTube? Are you, you know, subscribing to Sunday service? Are you doing all those things? Those things, um, actually work. Okay. So, um, Ooh, Aria real Cal says, what are the pros and cons using creative finance with condos? Cody. I mean, creative HOA. finance is just, uh, yeah, but creative finance is just an acquisition strategy. So there's not a pro or con that's going to be really different from a condo to a mobile home to a single family home. I mean, maybe on mobile homes because it's harder to get financing creative. I mean, condos, certain condos have guidelines where certain types of financing can't qualify for the community based on HOA rules. So it, it's a, it's a good way to acquire the property, but I don't think there's necessarily a con behind using creative finance to buy it. But like Bilal is saying here, HOAs usually kill deals for condos. Yeah, I just looked at one. Um, actually, Tyler on our team sent me one to look at on Friday. And I'm like, dang, it'd be nice to use it as a rental or, you know, just something to, you know, get towards that tax, uh, get rid of that tax burden that we have. But it the cash flow is killed with the homeowners or the uh, HOA, the Homeowners Association. So high on those a lot of the time. Love it. Okay. Um, good questions in here. Um, reefer hippies got a lot of weed questions. I like it. Um, <laughs> I like it. Um, let's see here. Christina Solara says, Hey guys, if you're serious about squatting up anyway, use your real name. So the other professionals know who you are. I, I cannot shout this loud enough people just don't seem to listen they actually feel to it seems like they get offended i get a lot of people that go hey you know you, uh, I, i'm not able to squat up in your youtube stuff like I, you tell me to come to the podcast to meet other people and then i'm like your name is like sasquatch investor how how <laughs> are people people don't resonate with that they don't remember that you I, I don't come home like off of youtube like a youtube live and tell my wife babe, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe it. I'm meeting up tomorrow with this guy I met in the YouTube comments. And my wife says, well, oh my gosh, what's his name? Oh, his name's Sasquatch Investor. You, he's like, I'm so excited about meeting him. Guys, come on, use your real name. The most important thing you can brand is your own individual name. You need people to know who you are and what you're about. Because that's how you'll raise private capital. That's how you'll get joint venture deals. That's how you'll get do a whole bunch of things in life. Brand your personal government name. And if you're worried about your friends and family, think like, Cody, why do you think that is? Do you think people are worried about their friends and family thinking that they're like, 
an investor now doing this real estate thing i mean maybe and maybe they just don't know what they don't know and i mean so here here's a couple i'm not the best branding guy pace is the better branding guy than i am but a couple easy tips if you have a profile picture on anything maybe a picture of your face so you become recognizable maybe having your real name on youtube or having your real name on facebook and not a picture of your dog like I love dogs, they're great, but like you're engaging with other people on social media, the more you're able to show your face and you have your real name, the more they can feel like they can connect with you better. Like that's just a quick like branding thing, like stop doing crap with, uh, you know, unless you own a brand like Pace with Sub2, that's synonymous almost, where people hear Sub2, they think Pace's name. But if you don't have a brand like that, you can't really, you know, put the put a weird name on social media and expect for people to build trust and credibility around having conversations with you very easily. Like you're going to have to go a little bit further than maybe you just smiling and, you know, having your real name. Well, if you look at Tanisha, who's like one of the I'm trying to hire her right now, by the way, I'm texting her back and forth. I'm like, I want to hire you full time. <laughs> I truly, I am. She's that amazing. So guys, if, if you're trying to connect with one of the sub two students, reach out to Tanisha. She's unbelievable. I mean, all the other sub two students in her are awesome, but just specifically using Tanisha as an example, I use her name all the time in all of our, our zooms, right? So all the students know her, people know her on Sunday service because I use her real name. Her real name is going to sit in your brain. Whereas like Sasquatch investor is not going to sit in people's name. You guys think it is. It's not, I promise you. And the other thing is like, let, let, let's talk about this for just a second. We could talk about branding for an hour, two hours, three hours. Nobody cares about your company name. Okay. Your company name is seller facing. Okay. Your company name is seller facing, which means the only people that care about your company name is nobody. Nobody cares. <laughs> You're going to do one transaction with a seller they don't care about your what your company name is. 99% of the time, sellers aren't going to say, what's the name of your company? Especially if you have confidence. So why are you, what are you branding your company name for? You, do you see people on stage or on YouTube or writing books based on like Sasquatch home buyers? No, it's the owner of the company. Brand your personal name. Brand your personal name. Stop it. It doesn't work. In this industry, it doesn't work. In fact, I would love to know an industry where your brand, besides food, what brand actually carries forward. And by the way, I don't know the owner of Pepsi or Coke or anything like that. I I know those companies, right? In this business, you need to know the individual. I don't want to know you as the craft single guy. I, I want to know you as Cody Barton. And then through what you talk about most frequently, you then can brand yourself, right? So like for us, sub two was never about a mentorship. Sub two for us was always about a community that we're building. Cody, Matt, myself, all of the students, it's a community that we're building together. It's, it, it, I, got a call, I got a call from an um, uh, uh, influencer this morning. A well-known guy, everybody knows him calls me up and he goes, man, I am so, I am so trying to build a similar community to what you, you and your partners have done. And in the back of my mind, before he even finishes a sentence, I'm like chuckling, ha, ha, ha. 
ha, ha, ha. That ain't going to happen. It is so much hard work and energy and years of sacrifice and, and getting smacked in the face with that brand doesn't work or this di- idea didn't work or this, you're, you're, you don't have the ability to do some of the things you want to do right now because they cost money or whatever. Guys, we built a community and then we branded it. Okay. Cody, Matt, myself, everybody that's around us in our vortex, we've been providing value to people in our local market for years. Okay. Even well before Cody and I linked up, we were individually providing value. And so we provided value with our own individual names. And then at some point, we then started branding ourselves from a company standpoint. And it was never a company. It was always a community. It was a collective community. So when people think sub two now, this is what I'm this is what I'm trying to shift the mindset to, but it's going to take a couple more years and it is working. And the reason I brought up that influencers to bring that up is that people are looking at sub two or zero to hero, our entire community, what we've been building as an actual community, not a brand or not as a company. Okay. People resonate with things that, you know, are a little bit more down to earth and something that can help them directly. So sub two has always been, the goal was always to build a community like no other. And if you're a sub two student, you know that feeling. If you're a mastermind student, you know that feeling. If you're a zero to hero um, member, you know that feeling. By the way, zero to hero launched, right? To 500 people. Yeah, I think tonight's the the last night that I think Matt's closing it down tonight just to be able to, you know, make sure that everybody that got involved already. Um, you want to put the link in there just in case there's people in here that are still interested in that? Okay, so our real hero though, Pace. Like I know there's probably some people that are like, what what is that? Look at all like Alejandro Alvarez, I can tell you he's another gentleman. He's in Texas. So guys, if you're in Texas, um, and here's the here's the thing is I I get to know all of my students. We have thousands of students, be but I, I get to know all of them. The thing is, they're not students to me. It's I have to call them students so people know what they they actually are, but they're to us, they're our family, right? And I'm not going to remember people's name if they say, hey, Pace, I just joined your mentorship. My name is Sasquatch Home Buyers. I remember Alejandro Alvarez's first phone call to me. I remember his first question he ever asked me in our group Zoom. He had a deal he was working out in the center, center of uh, Dallas, not Dallas, but a couple hours away from Dallas. It was a creative finance deal. It was his first creative finance deal. He kept coming on the Zooms. We structured all the way through it. He crushed the deal. He actually felt like he, he he was worried about selling it, sells it. Then his entire mindset changed and he's like, I feel like I undersold it. It's so funny how that mindset shift after you get that first deal done. But I remember every word that Alejandro Alvarez and I have said to each other. And I hear all these amazing things about him behind the scenes about how many people he's helping and he's calling sellers. Guys, if you need somebody to call your sellers, Alejandro Alvarez is one of my students that will do that for you. And I, the reason I'm doing saying this is one, because Alejandro deserves it. Two, because he's branding his personal name. I want you guys to know him as a human being so he can help you on a human being level. Okay. Um, by the way, Tanisha says, message me on Facebook to squad up. Um, by, by the way, guys, don't reach out to the students to ask them basic questions you could find on YouTube. Go on YouTube. The reason why we built sub two in the community is to answer questions that can't be answered on YouTube, to answer questions that nobody talks about behind the scenes. Even dude, I was on uh, bigger pockets yesterday or two days ago on Friday. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
the guy who wrote the book on lease options, the guy who wrote the book on lease options, I told him the story about our deal on um, Lost Dutchman, where we had the due on sale clause, and then we repurchased it with a lease option with an ex, uh, automatic renewal and a the option fee or the option price is the price of the mortgage after 30 years, like that whole thing. And he's like, I wrote the book on lease options and I've never heard that strategy. This is insane. He's like taking notes. So guys, those are the things that are talked about behind the scenes. You you don't you don't necessarily need that right now. What you need is you need some people to squat up with. Go squat up with our students. Bring them leads. If you don't have leads, don't reach out to my students. Learn how to generate leads before you call people because you're, I'm going to be honest, you're providing zero value by just asking people questions and saying, let's squat up. Squat up with what? you? I have all the information and I can close sellers and I can structure deals as a sub two student or a mastermind student. What do you have? Oh, well, I have a desire to learn and I will do everything in my power to do everything in my power. Okay, that doesn't do us any good. Learn how to generate leads. Go learn how to generate leads. A great way to generate leads is, I would say, probably the best way to learn how to generate leads is zero to hero rei.com, honestly. But if you don't have leads, don't reach out to people for help. In fact, Cody, when you first reached out to me for help, what was your question? I mean, my question was, I have leads that I'm already generating and I want to get help closing these leads, but can I bring these leads to you for you to be able to close them, I just want to be able to watch you close them. I don't need to make any money, but I just want to see how that process goes so then I can be better myself. Mm. So by, here's the thing is like, I, I'm going to put a final button on this because I don't want to go too long on it. And obviously we've gone too long on it. But the branding thing, guys, is really important. People need to know who you are. And I don't mean to you know demoralize anybody or make them feel like they've got a name that is really, really cool, which I that's not the topic. We're, we're not talking about whether your name is cool. Here's the question. Will your name get people to remember who you are so that they will bring you more opportunities? Right? I'm like a little, I'm a little bitty, little bitty person on the, on the beach. I'm a teeny little grain of sand on the beach. I'm, I'm nowhere big, but I have a name that if I go into a, a RIA or I go to like an investment club and I say, hey, my name's Pace Morby, I'm looking for a deal, I'll get a line of three or four people that want to talk to me, right? Because they've heard my name before. And I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Um, and that's not a derogatory term. It, it just simply, it, it reminds me that I have a lot more growth. I have a lot more potential than where we currently are. Same thing with Cody. If people say, if you say Cody's name at a real estate investment club here, local in Arizona, or for that matter, all over the country, people will go, oh, Cody Barton. Oh, yeah, I know Cody Barton, right? They're not going to use your name if your name is Sasquatch Homebuyers. You need to ask yourself this question. The way you're branding yourself, will people remember you long term? One. And two, will they bring you opportunities based on your company's name? Because at the end of the day, if we shot off all of our marketing, Cody, and me, you, and Matt, we shot off all of our marketing, could we still do 10 deals a month? 100%. That seems low. Probably we could, if we just did JV, that's all our focus on. I'm not joking. We probably do 20 deals a month. 
right? We weren't direct to seller. We weren't doing anything else. We were just doing joint venture. We've branded ourselves as people who want to help in the community. Therefore, people want to leverage our skills and we, they bring a lead, we close it or we buy it or whatever it is. Guys, you got to, you got to remember that that's what branding is about is that you're showing people who you are and what you're about. That's what branding is. It's not about how to be cool and have a, um, what do you have? What kind of car do you have? Part a Porsche. Yeah. A Porsche. It's not cool. It's not trying to be cool and have a Porsche. That is a side benefit of it, but branding has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Okay. It's how many deals can I do based on my name? Then you get the Porsche, by the way, let's take a vote in the side chat. What should Cody's next car be? What, what were your two choices? Uh, McLaren 570S Spider or Lamborghini Huracan. The Huracan is not a Spider, though, right? No, not a Spider on the Huracan. So at the end of the day, you got a convertible option and a non-convertible option. Yes, because I don't really like the soft top Lamborghini. Got it. So the say them one more time for everybody. Uh, Lamborghini Huracan or McLaren 570S Spider. So what's cool about this, guys, is Cody um, has actually figured out how to basically car hack. Like you're basically your cars are costing you almost nothing, right? Yeah, very, very, very little. Like your car, your Porsche, which is like a hundred and ninety thousand dollar car, is going to cost you less money than a Toyota Prius, essentially. At the end of the day. Yeah, just by you know getting into the right one with the right specs, the right mods, and then being able to you know, drive it a certain amount of mileage and selling it all in the right timing. Um, people throwing out some, um, some stuff. Um, let's see. Chicks cars, dude. Chick cars, dude. Huh? What? You like trucks? Usually people, when they say that to me, they're like, Oh, like you should get a yeah. up truck or something. I'm like, I'm not a truck guy. So, <laughs> I, I, I can, here's the thing is I appreciate those cars so much that Cody drives and he's into them. I love them. I would love to have one. The problem is I have a little girl that spills milk all the time. And like, I'm, I'm not about to have a Porsche that smells like rotten milk. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that'd be rough. So, um, all right, let's jump into it. Let's jump into a couple of things. Um, Ooh, a lot of people voting, dude. I love it. Love it. A lot of people voting. Um, Ingrid says Sasquatch Homebuyers is going to be Zero to Hero 2.0 business name. We are going to be talking, we are going to be doing season two of Zero to Hero um, in the next couple of weeks. Season two of Zero to Hero is the next couple of weeks. We've changed up what we're doing with Zero to Hero. Guys, if you haven't heard of what Zero to Hero is, let me tell you. We get so many people that are like, how do I start in real estate? How do I start in real estate? How do I start in real estate? How do I start in real? It is the literal most received DM that we all get. How do I get started? How do I get started? And, and that's not really what they're asking because the reality is that you could go to YouTube, you could read a book, you could go to a seminar, you know you could do all these things. You want somebody, and this is why people join mentorships, is you want somebody to take you by the hand and guide you through your steps, right? Okay, well, let's say short of that, you don't want to do that. Well, what we did is we created a challenge for ourselves where we start in a brand new business with no resources, no employees, no leads, no contracts. We've never done a deal in that area. And we start that business live 
and we let everybody watch, not everybody, last time we just let the sub two students watch live, but the sub two students got to watch live three hours a day for three weeks while uh, Matt, Cody, and myself, primarily Matt, because Matt was the one like running the show, go out and get a bunch of contracts in a brand new market. And we started with zero. We ended up becoming a hero by day eight. We got our first contract direct to seller um, on day eight. That's zero to hero is um, what we've been doing. So the first season of zero to hero is direct to seller. Okay. So we were marketing direct to seller, meaning we were cold calling, texting, all of those things. And now season two, we're going to be showing people how to start a real estate business, how to get started in real estate with no budget, no budget. Now, I, it's going to be a little bit of a lie because the reality is we're going to, we have GoPros and we have cameras and we have a cameraman that's going to follow us around and that's going to cost us money. But outside the documentation and the live streaming of showing you guys exactly how to do it, we, Matt and I are going to physically go out into the field for zero to hero season two. Okay. Season two is going to be zero to hero out in the field, no budget. We got to start from scratch. We got to go um, get wholesale deals. We got to get sub two deals. We got to get seller finance deals. We got to get fix and flips. We got to do all that stuff. We're going to show you guys really honestly, because I'm going to be really honest. We're just sick of answering the question of how to get started in real estate. It's like now when people DM me how to get started, I just go zero to hero rei.com. Now that's answered exactly step by step by step by step by step. And if you can't follow that, then you don't deserve to be in the business. You want to hear something interesting? Hmm. So I'm, ma I'm making macaroni and cheese. Okay. You know those little cups of macaroni and cheese? Like you pull the top off, you put the water in. Yep. So I'm like, I'm making it. And I put the water in. I microwave it, I bring it out, I put it on the thing and I'm not making it for myself. My little girl loves it. Corbin loves it. So I then like go to the sink and I start pouring the water out of the container. Okay. And there's always somebody has a comment, always somebody has a comment about something. It's always great. I love it. So I say, my wife goes, what are you doing? I go, well, it's too much. There's too much water in here. She goes, there, isn't there a line that tells you where to not fill the water up past. Why are you pouring the water out? And I go, oh, there's a line in here that tells me where I should. And I look at the side of the container and it says, do not fill past this line. What I did is I filled it all the way to the brim, throw it in the microwave, and then I pull it out and I like pour the water out and I'm trying to like gauge and guess and I'm doing all this extra work that I don't need to be freaking doing, right? So I'm like, I am dumb. Like I am just like any other human being. So guys, when I say stuff, like I, I said three or four minutes ago, by no mean am I being critical. I'm just pointing out a very obvious fact. Okay. Nobody pays attention. I didn't even pay attention on a macaroni and cheese container and I'm 38 years old. Okay. We want things happening fast for us right now. Step by step. Show me. Show me how to make, make that macaroni and cheese. And that's essentially what Zero to Hero is. Zero, Zero to Hero is showing you guys exactly where to fill the water to so that you pull it out, you put the cheese in it, and you enjoy it. That's it. We could still show you the step-by-step, -step, okay? Zero to Hero, REI.com. Uh, so Matt and I are going to be doing out in the field on that one. Once I finish filming the TV show, by the way, Cody was on the TV show a couple weeks ago. That's going to be cool. 
Steve Train came on the TV show. Um, Matt Beard is going to be coming on the TV show, I believe, this week, which will be fun. And uh, Jamil and I are going to be done filming in about three weeks, and I will become a real boy once again. It's going to be great. What are you going to do with all your free time? Um, you know what I'm doing with my free time. I, I talked to you about it today. It's a very big secret. I want to wait until we sign sign that whole thing yeah. before I announce it, but that's what I'm going to be doing. I love it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, uh, guys, we've got about... Um, we're going to go 10 more minutes. Sorry, guys. We I went on a big macaroni and cheese um, analogy, but let's go another 10 minutes. Um, actually, Cody, here's what I here's what I think we should do for next week. I want to I want to talk to you specifically because um, did you see my post this morning on my Instagram? Which one? The one about I woke up at 230. Stop whining, you little biatch. Yes. Yep, I did see that. So I get a lot of people that are like, I can't start in real estate because I'm so busy and my job takes up a lot of my time. My 30 hour a week job takes a lot of my time. You know, I get that all the time. Like, yeah, you're rich. You're rich. Of course you could do everything. You're rich. Or um, people are just sour. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, mm -hmm. I start talking to this guy. There's, a, there's always a, there's, I'd say 90% of the DMs that I get about those comments are like, man, this inspires me. I want to go 10x harder. I, I realize now I'm not doing enough. And I get this guy he starts DMing me about my, my daily and my weekly schedule. And I was like, honestly, the person you should talk to about that, the person that's probably the smartest about their daily or weekly schedule is Cody Barton. And he, I'm like, we should have him talk about his daily, his weekly schedule specifically on Sunday service and give that value to people of like, if I'm, I would do two. If I'm brand new, what should my week look like? Right. Mm -hmm. Or better yet, what we should do is get somebody from the audience as a guest on the show next week. And we go through what they do. What we do is we tell them to document everything they do throughout the week and then provide it to us on the show. And we'll go through and critique them and go, hey, you probably don't need to be spending so much time over at the, um, you know, at Walmart picking up girls, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, but then structure their week and tell them what they should be doing in those times. Because I think a lot of people would make time available, but they don't know what to do. Would you be open to doing something like that? Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd love that. Cause what, what is there a book or is there a strategy that you use, um, on a weekly basis right now that, that you're like, this is why I do what I do on a weekly basis. Um, more so like I do, you know, the, the thing called smart day, smart week, which I can go into that, um, on next week's call, which is kind of the, how I do the review for the day, identifying what things are important, kind of looking at where am I at, and then doing a more in-depth version of that on a weekly basis. This is what we're going to do. We're going to run a contest. Okay. Oh, look at Alex. This is funny. Alex, I, I, these are the comments I appreciate. These I funny ones. That. Um, I volunteer as tribute. That's so Hunger Games. <laughs> seriously dude <laughs> dude i love those movies like my go-to when i just want to like just lay on the couch and just basically just relax is hunger games so good yeah um okay so um let's see who wants to be beat up 
Colleen says, pasted five loaves of laundry. Yes, I did. I, I have put the clothes away. Here's the thing. Here's the other thing. I put the clothes away. It was like 2.30 in the morning. My wife comes into the closet because we have a washer or dryer in our closet. My wife's like, I'm just going to close this closet because I can hear you while I'm sleeping. I was like, I love you. I'm so sorry I woke you up. Mm -hmm. um, but I was putting clothes away. Like I was putting clothes away while the laundry was going. I'm listening to Tony Robbins. I'm listening to, to stuff. I'm accomplishing three things at the same time. Then I work myself downstairs. I take the trash out. I, 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 um, I could go on and on of all the things that I did today. Tons of stuff. And then by the time, you know, seven o'clock rolls around, Laura wakes up. She's got a podcast. She's on every Sunday morning with Michael Zuber. And so I get to take the baby to Starbucks and it's like eight o'clock and I've accomplished everything that most people are like dreading to accomplish by the end of their day. And I would say, honestly, I'm not even the greatest person at time management. It would be Cody. Cody is absolutely number one in my mind. So I think we should do a whole Sunday service on time management next week. I think we should do 30 minutes for somebody that's brand new. Like Cody gives them specific advice and then 30 um, minutes for somebody who's in the business. Do you be open to that? I'm down to that. Let's do it. I How would say contest, sake of time management. I'm like 30 minutes and 30 minutes. We're going to go for an hour and a half because there's going to be like this, like interval in the beginning and the middle and the end. Mm. Some like 20 minutes, 20 minutes. If we want to keep how about, it. How about this? We'll make it a two part series. We'll okay. do the first person. We'll give them like 45 minutes and we'll have seven minutes and seven minutes at the beginning and end. We'll finish it at the end of an hour. I think next week we start with, I've never done a deal. What should I be doing on a weekly basis to go get my first deal? And don't stop doing, don't deviate from this until you get a deal. I love that. Let's how do, do we, how do we announce that? How do we, we figure gotta, out who that person is? Should we have, we got to pick people? someone. Yeah. We got to pick someone. I think maybe we could pick somebody from the group that just got started with zero to hero. It's a great idea. I kind of feel like if you're a zero, if you're a zero to hero or you're a sub two student, you shouldn't be selected. And the reason being is because you already have access to zero to hero and zero to hero tells you exactly what to do. <laughs> like literally don't fill the water up past this point. You dummy. Oh, it, it, here's, here's the difference between zero to hero and a book. If I'm reading a book, it's like, I'm reading instructions on the side of a macaroni and cheese thing. But if I'm part of zero to hero, somebody's showing me and physically like, here's the cup. Watch me fill the water up. Watch me do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Are you watching? Watch me, watch me. Okay, here we go. Now it's going to go in the microwave. That's zero to hero. So do you feel like that's really the target or do we go to somebody who is like, they're new to the creative finance, Facebook page. They're new to maybe Cody's YouTube channel. They're like, I've never actually let's do that. Why don't we get somebody new on Cody's YouTube channel? Here's what, how many subscribers you got right now? 2,500. What's the actual number you're at? No, the actual number. Shoot. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Let me. It's like 20. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me pull up the little studio. It's just under 2,500, but. Okay. So then this is what we're going to do. The 2,457. 20 okay. So we're going to have Kelly select the 25th hundred or 20. Is that it? 25th hundred? 
at 25 at whatever the 2500 number is yes that's the that's yeah the thing. we're gonna have kelly select them okay? okay we're gonna have kelly select that person so if you guys if you're not subscribed to cody's youtube channel please go do that um we'll have that person get selected and if they say no i can't make it we'll find somebody else okay next week we're gonna do time management for a beginner um and stacy cooper says i'm new to everything okay well are you new to cody barton's youtube channel because you should be and if you are on there, then you'll get selected. One of the most, one of the most, re that's what it is. It's not going to be the 20, um, 500th person. It's going to end up being somebody in that general vicinity because, um, Kelly will have to randomly select somebody. So guys go subscribe. We have, we can see who's subscribing, like the most recent subscribers go subscribe. Kelly Hanno will choose the person and reach out to you, get you set up with a link. We'll have you on the show. And then the following week, we're going to do um, somebody who's already been in the business, who's actively doing a couple of deals. How can we adjust? How can we help you out? What are things that you're not um, you know, doing that you should be doing? And how would Cody structure your week? So, um, Cody, does that sound like a good plan? Love it. Let's do it. All right, guys. This was a good Sunday service. Next week, time management for a beginner. What should I be doing until I get my first deal? That's the topic of next week's show. Um, so thank you guys so much, Cody. Any final words? I mean, it's Labor Day tomorrow, but take advantage of that day that a lot of people aren't going to be working and get to work tomorrow, guys. Have an amazing week. Um, if you are driving to and from work or to and from appointments, you can listen to Sunday Service on Spotify and iTunes. Just search Sunday Service and you can find us on there. And I'm excited to see who gets chosen for next week. And we'll see you guys next Sunday. That'll be really good. Here's something. Um, I'm going to give you guys one piece of advice. People go and have a great time on Labor Day, right? They do like barbecues, they go play golf, they go do all those kind of things. They see their family members, whatever. That's great. What, we, what, what I would advise for you to do is if you're going to go play golf, you're going to go have some beers, you're going to have some barbecue, you're going to do all those things, and you're going to have fun, go do it with people who are trying to get into the real estate business as well. Because tomorrow, Cody, Matt, and myself are going to go play some golf. We, I have a country club membership we use probably not even one-tenth as much as we should be using. But we are going to go play golf at the country club on Labor Day, Get you know, let off some steam, have some fun. But you're doing it with people you're making money with and you're building each other's family legacies together. So don't miss out on the opportunity to have some fun, but couple it with what Cody's talking about. Other people aren't working. Go have fun with people who are also in align with what you're trying to accomplish. Squat up with people in your local geographical area. And we'll see you guys on next week's Sunday service. Oh, oh, oh.